Welcome, welcome, welcome to This Is Football, another Tuesday in 2024, and we're back. We're a little late. I know you're usually on at 9.30. I was watching Nacional, Peñarol, El Superclásico in Uruguay in a preseason game for La Serie Rio de la Plata. Nacional, my team right here, they won 2-0 for the first time in, uh, in, a, in a while that they beat Peñarol that I can remember that wasn't in penalties. So I apologize for being late. I, uh, I thank you for joining us. For all of you that are listening to us on any of our streaming devices, whether that be Spotify, Apple, uh, podcast, whatever it is, make sure that you give us a like on this. And uh, don't forget that we come out with new episodes every Tuesday night at 9.30. They will be on there for you. Tonight, I have a very, very special treat. Like I tweeted a little bit earlier from all of our accounts, we have a very, very, very special guest. A good friend of mine, a uh, like in Spanish we say un, compatri un compatriota. In English, I don't know. The, I guess the tradition is not really compatriot, but you know he's a buddy of mine, a Uruguayan. He roots for the other team, even though I'm gonna, I'm gonna, you know, I'm not gonna give him, you know, so much heat tonight because they lost. But uh, I want to welcome him on the show, Fabian Renquet. Thank you so much for joining us tonight on this is football. How are you doing, sir? How was your weekend? And uh, how's it going? Yeah, um, everything's going kind of fast-paced. I mean, it's um, it's a pleasure to be on the show. Thank you for having me on. But yeah, I mean, MLS is moving fast, and uh, I did I did kind of see a highlight of Pereira, you know, giving an assist for a goal to Bentacourt, and I was like, oh, no, nah. no, nah, they're they're already getting better, you know. So uh, no, it's it's exciting stuff, um, especially when you see former MLS guys playing for those teams, right? So it's interesting. A hundred, a hundred percent. Definitely, you know, I was watching the game and I said literally the exact same thing. I was like, when I saw the goal, I was like, whoa, did Pereira just Meg Coelho? Yeah. And, and then I saw it again. I was like, no way. He even put it around him, got the ball, made a beautiful pass to Bentancur and put it there. It was unbelievable. So awesome. Just like you said, to see uh, not only, you know, a former MLS player doing great things for a former club and the club of his, of his, uh, of his dreams, but uh, but a Uruguayan, somebody who uh, who we you know who we hold close to our heart, right. uh, going back and doing great things at home. So uh, you know we have a loaded loaded show because there's like you said a lot going on in the MLS world. I know you are super busy. I know you put in a lot of work for uh, you're wearing the hat right there. Your your yeah. your magazine footwork, which you. is fantastic. Uh, I know you're writing for SBI Soccer, which I read your articles on there. I read the, you. the last one on Inter Miami, which is fantastic. So if if you guys don't, you know, don't read his articles on there, definitely go check it out. And, uh, you know, I got a little bit of heat from the guys over at Tectonic Takes because I didn't mention that uh, that, uh, that that you work with them. And I told them, I promised them that I would let them know that you, you know, are on Tectonic Takes as well. You uh, support them. You collaborate with them as well. So shout out to the to the guys over at Tectonic Takes. I cannot wait to have them on. Uh, hopefully we can have them on this season. So. Uh, what can you tell me about, you know, what's been going on, let's say, the last 72 hours in the MLS transfer window? Because a lot's been going on. And then 
I do want to get into some specific teams and maybe some specific players. Yeah. So, I mean, the big, the big one, right? Everybody wants to know about Saudi Arabia right now, right? What's going on with Saudi Arabia and what's going on with Benzema? Um, I don't think it's happening. I, I know everybody wants to see him in the black and gold. And I know a lot of people for LAFC are excited for another big transfer to come in to, you know, counteract the messy transfer. I don't know, but if Leon is having a hard time kind of getting a package together for him, I don't see an MLS team possibly getting that package and, you know, enticing a Saudi Arabian club like El Etihad to get that player over here. So it depends. It all depends on if it's a mutual contract buyout. Um, as of right now, I think Benzema is kind of talking about not buying out or I don't think they want to buy out. Uh, so it all depends on that, right? It, Maybe somebody can entice him with a stupid lucrative offer, and then, you know, we can get we can get an Apple TV kind of money coming in. The same thing, kind of like Messi, right? So, who knows, right? That's all in play now. And I think Benzema is a guy who you would want to offer that Apple TV kind of deal. Hey, well, here's a promo code. Anybody that signs up under your name, you'll get a portion of it. Um, it's a different he, type of revenue. Yeah, yeah, he's definitely a guy that that he's a big personality. Uh, right. somebody that folks will follow like a Messi, uh, like a Ronaldo, you know, he's got his own following, whether it be French or, or those maybe in Morocco that follow him, you know, some, right. some, in some in the African countries. Um, but it's, you know, it's interesting that you, that you led off with the Saudi Arabian league, because you and I actually kind of spoke about this off camera and, and we had our own little chat. Um, but you know, Jordan Henderson just talked about not getting paid at all. Yeah. Um, you know, there was also, you know, I tweeted out uh, the other day, you know, um, uh, Neymar holding up uh, an Inter Miami jersey. Obviously, um, you know, that's obvious clickbait. We know he's making so much money over there that there's no way that they would let him go unless maybe they're not paying him either. But he's enjoying whatever cruise he's on while, you know, he has his uh, his rehab there. So, um, you know, one of the big players that did make the change and you mentioned the team, LAFC, is uh, Hugo Joris. Yeah. Um, and so he's one of the big-name goalkeepers who has <laughs> come over to the league, um, probably the biggest name, other than maybe a, a, a Tim Howard or, let's say, of a non-U.S. goalkeeper, right, right. Uh, that, that comes over. So what kind of an impact do you think he's going to make in uh, LAFC, especially now that we don't know if Vela's you know, coming back, possibly? We know we talked about that. Um, and really, they, you know, I was looking at their list of outgoing transfers, long man it yeah. is long yeah look this lafc is it's kind of crazy they they went to a a final two years in a row right and they won one of them and they're looking at a rebuild or at least a retool right so it's kind of crazy lafc has always had the trouble of retaining their talent but they get talent so i don't think it's going to be too worrisome i do think they want to maybe leave something open for the summer transfer window um so they can go and get these guys but if you're LAFC, you don't really have that time. You don't really have a whole half season to go ahead and, um, you know, try to get someone to come in later in the season because you already wasted half your season. You're already a premier club. Um, I see that comment there saying the LAFC signings are coming soon. And, yeah, they are. Um, I, that for, for sure is probably going to happen because they moved back the GM's press conference two days. It was supposed to be tomorrow or today, actually, Tuesday. And then it actually is on Thursday now. So either they want to present a player or they want to have some sort of thing to talk about and they'll present the player before. But I, I, I can probably 
pretty much say about 90% that they're going to have a player for that presentation. If they're moving it back, especially if there's not like a game or something where it's obvious why they wouldn't have that, the conference on that day. But yeah, I thought that was pretty interesting from LAFC. And then, um, yeah, I mean, I think a lo- they have a lot of talent still, um, but I do think they need to get more midfield guys. I think Lloris is going to do a good job, but you're only as as a goalkeeper, you're only as good as your, your back line and, and as your, as your midfield. Right. So, no Chiellini back there. It's going to be a brand new team back there. Uh, you're going to have Aaron Long, who who learned one year after uh, under Chiellini. You're going to have Mario. Uh, I think they'll be all right, but they won't be that team that that had Chiellini, right? I mean, I think that defense carried them all last year throughout the playoffs, and um, they're going to need to add some sort of firepower. And I mean, there's there's a rumor about Bu- uh, Stipe leaving, which is a little shocking. Um, but again, this is a market like LA. I mean, they don't have time to wait. They really, I mean, Crippo probably wanted more money and LAFC is like, eh, okay, go ahead and go get it. We'll go, go, go get Loris, you know, no, no problem. So it's tough. It's tough if you're an MLS guy playing for LAFC because they could just replace you with a global superstar. Right. But there was some blowback uh, by some of the black and gold, uh, you know, fans on that, you know, cause they were, they were content with having Crippo as their starting goalkeeper. And, you know, he's a starting goalkeeper in Canada, uh, you know, you know, arguably one of the better goalkeepers in the league. Um, but, you know, so, some folks are like, oh, you know, you're going to go get this, you know, 34, 35, 36, whatever, this old keeper, pay him all this money when you should have just signed Kripo, who, you know, he already was playing great and we could have kept him. Um, but also they also had, you know, John McCarthy, who was on the team, right. uh, who won a championship with them. So right. he's now off the team. I mean, they had a lot of goalkeepers there to play with. I think they made the right decision in terms of marketing and in terms of what I think the LAFC, uh, you know, ownership group wants to do. I think what they want to do is mimic what Inter Miami is doing. And we're going to get into that a little bit later on the show. And I think we see that that's where the New York teams are going as well. Um, And I do want to get into that a little later because I heard some rumblings there. But, you know, you mentioned how, you know, the black and gold LAFC did, you know, win a championship. They were in the final. Um, I want to talk a little bit about the supporter shield uh you know champions over here i think that's a fake trophy i don't really want to talk about the trophy but i want to talk about some of the players that they signed i think they signed probably the number one i guess free agent defensive free agent in mls this year and that's miles robertson i think that is a fantastic signing for them i was actually hoping that tata martino and messi would convince miles to come play in inter miami because i thought Inter Miami could use a center back or, or, or a right back, or, you know, it's just really defensive help, um, you know, but that's a huge signing. Also, they re-signed Yaya Kubo, but there's a lot of rumors and a lot of craziness surrounding uh, Barreal. Uh, yeah. Can you tell me anything about him? Because he hasn't been showing up to practice. Yeah. So this is the last I've heard of this. Um, he is on their preseason roster. So, that means he can be taken off, but at the moment, I think he's expected to stay um, until they get some sort of crazy offer. And I, I saw a number running around for 8.5 million euros, and I was thinking to myself, I was like, if that number is true, or if that number is somewhat there for an MLS player, I'm sorry, they're going to get sold. Like, that's the honest truth. Unless you're Almada or Messi or Suarez, you're not going to, or maybe Mukhtar, but you're not going to get a bigger number than 10. And I think that's being realistic. So either they don't want to sell them. If that number is real, they don't want to sell them. Or 
he doesn't want to go to that team. So it's something where I think we're going to see Villarreal stay with Cincinnati at least for the preseason until they get some sort of offer in. And a lot of times these European teams don't have all the don't really have the biggest budget in the world during the January transfer window just because they're kind of trying to balance their books for the season. And then it really opens up in the summer. So if a guy like, uh, you know, Coco Carasquilla isn't going to Europe now because his price tag of, of 9 million is too high right now. I don't see Barreal getting over 10 million, to be honest. So I completely, I completely agree with you. And I wanted to mention, cause FC Cincinnati is kind of known to hold on to their players, and they did this to Brandon Vasquez over the summer transfer window. And I was a little bit vocal about it, you know, kind of going against the team uh, regarding that because I'm more, you know, pro pro player in this, I, you know, and and I look at it from a national team point of view. If I am, you know, the head of U.S. soccer, or whatever, I want Brandon Vasquez to go play in Europe as soon as possible. Why? He's probably one of the forwards in the U.S. that has one of the highest potentials after, you know, Balogun, who, who you know, the U.S. was was lucky to, you know, to sign or, or to, to bring over, but mm-hmm. they kind of held on to him. So I kind of feel like they're doing that to, to Barreal, and I feel like that's unfair to the player. Um, and, and I just wish that, that, that Cincinnati wouldn't do that, especially if the player, you know, has expressed his interest to leave. Um, yeah. So if, if, like you said, if, if the offer is or if what they're, you know, what they're trying to get is eight and a half, I mean, I think they just got to take whatever they can take. Anything above five is fantastic. Yeah, look, I mean, anything above eight is a dream, right? So my whole thing is Brandon Vasquez went to a Mexican team. So a Mexican team actually does have the budget in January because they start at the beginning of their season, right? So Correct. Um, that makes more sense. Cade Cal getting $4 million for him um, is a great transfer fee because, again, it's a Mexican team that has all the budget in the world at the moment because January is their main transfer window. But I think it's good for both teams there, though, because I think Chivas made a steal because I think Cade Cowell is going to be a star. And in turn, the Earthquakes made a good deal because they sold the player and got some money out of it. Yeah, look, uh, I was watching the game. I, I watch a lot of Liga at Mekis because out here on the West Coast, it's actually free to right. watch. I mean, you go, you put on Univision today and you can watch as many Same games as you want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, he plays. All right, this is going to be a crazy, crazy comparison. But okay. – since we're on a Uruguayan podcast, or at least we're both Uruguayan, I'm going to make this reference. Darwin Nunez is perfect at chaos ball. Maybe he doesn't do with the best pass or the best assist or the best goal, but he causes a lot of chaos and causes a lot of balls to be – or a lot of spaces to be open. I kind of saw that with the Chivas when Cade Cal made his debut, and I was like, oh, you know what? Maybe that's what they're trying to go for. Yeah, maybe he's not going to be the most technical person on the ball. Maybe he doesn't have the best passes, but his just potential of speed and his potential of strength is going to cause defenders to give him some space or give other people space. So it's, in my opinion, I think they have like a little mini version of chaos ball there in Chivas this year, and we'll see how that pans out. But yeah, Darwin Nunez and Cade Cal, that's a little bit of a crazy kind of a comparison, but I do see I do see the vision there. Absolutely. I mean, I can see what you're saying absolutely just because of – just the characteristics that Cade Cowell has as a player. You you mentioned it. I mean, the guy's pure chaos, and then all of a sudden he scores a golazo just right. out of nowhere, Um, which is, you know, basically what Darwin has been. He's been so up and down, but you can always count on him, you know, like we say in Uruguay, metiendo, poniendo huevo, metiendo huevos, metiendo sangre, right? So, and, and I see Cade Cowell doing that. I saw him when he played for the youth, you know, the youth U.S. national team and all that. So, um, you know, 
I don't know. Um, I, I think he's going to be fantastic in the Mexican League. I really wish he would have got a chance to go over to Europe, maybe to play, uh, you know, for like a Feyenoord, uh, which we've seen, uh, which we've seen them sign a couple of Uruguayan players in uh, in this transfer window uh, and a couple, you know, players as of late. But again, the you know, the Mexican League right now has a lot of money. They are investing a lot of money in players. Um, and I'm not, I didn't know if you're aware of this or not, but they're also investing in a women's league right now. So Liga MX yeah. is putting together this women's league and they are signing a whole lot of women's yeah. uh, Uruguayan players. Uh, yeah. It's insane. Insane. So yeah, the women's league in Mexico has always pulled people. Like they just got Jenny Armoso, I think for Tigres and that's a big pull, right? I mean, you got one of the best players from the women's world cup. Um, yeah. But what I wanted to say about Cade, he's still 20 years old. I mean, this guy in Mexico, let's be honest, it's really hard to stay there for multiple years unless you play for Tigres, right? Like um, three years go by, he has an okay time. Maybe he could still make that jump to Europe for a lower division side or like a lower league side. I, I don't think that's out of the equation at all. I think this game's a lot more global, I would say, than it was in the past. So a lot of people were worried that Chivas hasn't sold a lot of players to Europe. But I think I think they're they're going to sell somebody if it's working or not working for them. I don't I don't think Cade Cow is a Leah Mekis guy for life. I I agree. Um, and you know we we've had a couple of Mexican players on the on the podcast before. Um, you know we had Juanjo Puraja, uh who played in in Atlanta and now has gone back to play in Mexico this season. Um, and, and we also had a couple of other guys. You know, Hurt Gomez who played both in Mexican League and yeah. in MLS and. and they all say the same thing that it's it's very hard for the Mexican player to leave Mexico, but they always try to bring in the you know the, the el extranjero, and it's very hard to keep them there for so long. I don't know why it's it's really weird for, for that to happen. I don't know, maybe it's a culture thing. Yeah. Um, but I mean Pierre, you know Pierre Guignac has been there uh, since. I mean, since I don't, maybe I was five years old and I'm yeah. almost 40 now. So, um, and he's still going strong. It's absolutely unbelievable. Yeah. Um, so, uh, one of our, one of our friends in the pot here, kick a ball, uh, you know, he supports, uh, the LA, you know, LAFC. I didn't know if I wanted to get into this. I threw it up on the screen. Um, but I'm, I'm curious what, you know, what your idea is. Um, so, you, you know, for those of you that are, that are not aware, um, uh, LAFC has a player who was training with the Uruguayan uh, pre-Olympic national team. His name is Cristiano Oliveira. He's one of their wingers. Um, and LAFC just called him back to yeah. camp. And uh, that now leaves Uruguay with one less player for the for the pre-Olympic tournament. They can't replace him because they're, uh, you're only allowed to replace players uh, due to injury. And right. so there's a very, very big uh, issue here between the Uruguayan uh, so soccer association and LAFC and, and MLS. Um, Fabian, I want to get your take on that because you being so close to the MLS, of course, I'm not so far on the inside as you are. Um, I'm more, you know, you're pure you're pro Uruguayan. So I'm, you know, super pissed at LAFC about this, but um, you know, their claim is they, you know, had too many players going out in that position and they yeah. need him. Um, is that the case? You know, are, are they, you know, are they saying that or is it kind of a stretch? No, I, I think uh, it makes a lot of sense because if Buke is leaving, if Steve Buke's leaving too, that that really leaves them really, really thin. Um, but at the same time, it's not like it's – I hate to say this, but a lot of times U23 coaches or U23 teams aren't really appreciated by their country or they're not really to uh, the priority for the country. But, I mean, literally Marcelo Bielsa is is training this team 
why would you take a player from a world-class manager that obviously wants to use him in maybe, yeah, in the starting lineup, I believe, and have him be a focal part of this team, it's only going to grow his profile even more. If you think they're not going to cover Marcelo Bielsa playing with the U23s, then you're then you're out of your mind. And the, and then one of the main players for that team is Kike Oliveira. Of course, that's price tags going up. Like, so I don't understand LAFC to be honest. I think yes, of course you want your player to be in here to be integrated into the system and integrated with all the new players. But no, I think I think it's national team first. Even if I'm a pro MLS or if I cover MLS guy. I really do think it's national team first. And I, I think it only raises the profile of your club and it only raises the profile of your player. And, and, and I see dollar signs, you know, so it's just, it doesn't make too much sense to me, especially because they have, they still have a month left. They still have a month before they go into a legit game. Um, right. They still have Coachella. Right. So uh, I don't, I don't see, I don't see the need, especially if he's one of the focal guys. And, and of course, if Uruguay is, is, is mad, I mean, say, Hey, like, okay, sorry, you know, we won't take him back. You know, it doesn't have to be this whole ordeal. Cause right. I mean, even if it's not big news here, it's huge news in Uruguay. Um, I mean, it's huge, right? Cause Marcelo Bielsa is training the team. Right. So it just, I don't know. It, ha- it leaves a bad taste in a lot of Uruguayans mouth about, MLS and about LAFC and LAFC used to be a focal point for Uruguay, right? Like everybody, uh, they had a lot of good Uruguayan players in the yeah, yeah, Diego Rossi. Rossi. Yeah, they had Diego Rossi, Sancho yeah. Ginella, Brian right. Rodriguez, and now they had Kiko, Kiko Oliveira. So absolutely, it leaves a sour taste in maybe some of the Uruguayan clubs' mouths, and maybe they won't sell to them in the future. And you know that could break a pipeline that um, you know was was you know very, I guess uh, you know uh, uh, you know. Cool. Fruitful for that. That's what I was getting yeah. to. Fruitful for them, you know, in the past. So, you know, it, it really sucks. So, uh, you know, one of our old co-hosts here, you know, he always likes to break everybody's balls. He, you know, he wants to know, he wants you to clarify and explain the tweet about League Cup being in the same breath as EPL and Champions League. So, uh, you, know, I'll, yeah. you know, and I know everybody's been been hating on you for this. I actually back you on this. And I mentioned it on the show yeah. last week because I, you know, if, if Messi is going to get a international trophy and all he did basically was play right. 11 games right then obviously they're saying those 11 games are just as important and that's what you're trying to say exactly. as every other league as what Haaland did in the EPL last year as right. what the Brian the league or whatever. and and now and now he's coming at me and I get it of course I would of course I'm going to back my Uruguayan brother but I don't I'm not crazy man I see you know the the logic and where Fabian's coming from. So Fabian, take the floor, man. Let them know. Yeah, look, I try to make a tweet based off of what the MLS as a league was thinking that day. Um, I tried to kind of, you know, do it through a POV of them. Um, either way, even if you if you if you agree with me or you don't, you have to see it as a win for MLS because an MLS player just won the best player of the year award, even if it's if it's not. Um, how do I say this? if it shouldn't be like really one, you know, he still won it for the things he did in 2023, but there was no world cup in 2023. So either one, you believe all the players don't know what they're voting for. And included in that is one of your favorite players in America, Christian Pulisic voted for Messi. Okay. So either you think all those players voted wrong or there has to be some sort of significance in league's cup. Which, which I was trying to say is 
that basically a lot of the players didn't know what they were voting for, one. That could be a truth, too. And then, two, it could be that maybe this new trophy, this new tournament in in MLS's eyes actually became a real tournament. And I was trying to say that because if you went on ESPN that day, they were literally putting League's Cup next to League One trophy. And they were putting League's Cup versus the EPL trophy and, and Champions League trophy. Of course, Champions League is bigger. Of course, the EPL is bigger. But now, since Messi won this fairly or not, League's Cup is viewed in the eyes of the voters and in the eyes of FIFA that it's a real competition in the same breath. But, yeah. but oh, he only won it because he was Messi. Yeah, of course, totally. But he still played in League's Cup. So if you're an MLS exec, if you're a part of MLS, you're thinking that this is a win if it's fair or not. Right, right. Oh, completely understandable. I mean, and, and you know, another friend of, of the program and uh, former co-host there says that he got the trophy because the players who voted weren't given uh, the rules correctly for that. So so they basically just all voted for Messi because he won the World Cup. It could be. It could be that. Um, and then, I like you know, Nico. I like Nico Bryant Bell. says, uh, you know, ESPN isn't, isn't the best measurement for soccer. Look, hey, Socio. I agree, man. I agree. ESPN is not the best, you know, definitely Sky Sports, uh, you know, or anything else but ESPN. But what Fabian is saying, the fact that a American channel is putting up that a soccer trophy is being won on U.S. soil, any soccer trophy that's from a domestic league is a big deal. That's what Fabian is trying to say. Well, at least don't let me put words in your mouth. At least that, that's well, what I understand. ESPN is just an example, but probably I can tell you this Sky Score Sports or whoever was covering that award definitely threw League's Cup up there because they're not going to just say he won League Un. Because if he just won League Un, it wouldn't look as like, I guess League's Cup doesn't give the same, of course, doesn't give the same kind of merit as a Champions League trophy and an EPL trophy, of course, but it's still taken into account that he won a trophy. So it's a, it's a, legitimate tournament which i was trying to explain but i think alongside as a legitimate tournament but right. no i i still stand on what i said but unfortunately twitter you know you can't you can't really say too much you can't delete the tweet because then people think like oh wow he went back on what he said you know but yeah, no, it's, it's all good man yeah got, like, like like chris from the batter here said you got to stand on it i support it yeah. i think i i understood what you're trying to say Again, on Twitter, some folks, you know, are going to hate on it. Some folks aren't. You just got to deal with both sides and, and you know, uh, just just deal with it. You know, let let the poop flow like uh, like like my boys say on uh, I forget. I forget that soccer show uh, with that famous coach. But uh, but yeah, but uh, anyways, like today, like today, I dropped some news or Kevin Baxter was the first to drop it. But I, I kind of made it league wide that MLS teams are looking into making their preseason games available for stream. And that news wasn't that big compared to me saying Lee's Cup should be on the same alongside champions at EPL because people on Twitter, they like to argue. So, like, the news about preseason today should have been huge. Everybody should have been celebrating because the whole time I'm hearing when I'm, when I'm posting about Miami, oh, we should be able to watch all of our teams too. And you finally get that. They listened, and it wasn't that big of a story. So I just – yeah, Twitter is a little funny, and it's it's a good time. But, yeah, I mean, I think either you think that trophy is real or not, right? So if you if it's real, then you have to understand some point of what I'm trying to say. 
Absolutely. All right, man. So I want to get into the state of Florida finally. Um, you know, there was some controversy. I tweeted out something uh, maybe a little too early. Uh, my sources, I guess, failed me. Um, but I thought yeah, Nico Lodeiro, you know, I thought Nico Lodeiro was going to enter Miami. Everything was, you know, set in place to go. And he decided, or maybe his sons, you know, his kids made the decision for him. They wanted to be a little closer to the parks in Orlando. And, uh, you know, look, he's still going to play at an Inter stadium because the stadium is now named Interco, which is actually hilarious. I mean, I'm not going to lie. Like, only an MLS, right? Only an MLS. Let, let's be honest. But, I yeah. mean, absolutely great. So what do you think uh, the signing for Nico, you know, or, or the signing for Orlando, what do you think Nico's going to do for Orlando this year? Um, because they lost Pereira, uh, but they're going to slot Nico right into that position. Yeah, look, I wrote for this. I, I wrote about this for SBI when he signed, and I said um, all those three attacking guys that they have at the front, I, I'm not Facundo, um, Maguire, and I think it was Angulo, not, none of those guys had a goal in the playoffs. So they're bringing in Nicola Dedo to come in and have a playoff goal or to have a presence in the playoffs, ha, you know, have a guy who's been in high pressure situations for this young team that needs to have someone that is okay in high pressure situations. I know a lot of people are still clamoring for another 10 or some sort of uh, midfield player to come and bolster that attack. Um, but I think Nicola Dedo would get the job done if they go deep in some sort of tournament, right? If they go deep in the MLS Cup playoffs, if they go deep into the CONCACAF, Cup, uh, CONCACAF Champions Cup, I think Nico is that type of player to kind of help your team elevate to that next level. And him being a Uruguayan and having Facundo there and Araujo there and having that whole bad boys from South America kind of thing going, I think it's a perfect fit. And I, I, I you know, the whole time it was going to enter, I was like, yeah, I can see that as far as his best friend. But I thought Orlando would be second best. So or Orlando, in my opinion, is a great landing spot for Nico. And I think they're going to love him there. And I think he's going to ha have, a, have a good season with them. Yeah, I completely agree. All right. So now moving down to the local team for me. Um, but uh, but definitely, you know, I wouldn't say my favorite team because I, I personally, I just like to follow all the Uruguayans on the team. Yeah. Uh, or sorry, on uh, in the league. So I'm looking forward to hopefully, you know, NYCFC bringing in Matias Areso and, and seeing what happens with him. Again, I, like I said, I'm looking forward to Matias Cocaro. Um, you know, and, and again, to see maybe if Guzman Corujo over in Charlotte does something this year, yes, yeah. La Borda in Vancouver. So yeah. a lot of Uruguayans all over the place. I'm excited. But the one Uruguayan I'm the most excited about is the one who signed for the pink and black down here. And that is Luisito El Pistolero Suarez. I mean, I was almost in tears the day that, that he signed only because, and I've mentioned this on multiple podcasts, multiple things. I've never got to see him play live. Every mm -hmm. time I've seen Uruguay play or any team that he's played, he's either been injured or he's out that game or they didn't call him. So finally, hopefully, I'm going to get to see him play this season, even though he's not the player he once was. Um, but he owned the Brazilian league last year. He yeah. Are we, are we, and he won the award. Yeah. So he hasn't shown much these first two preseason games. But I want, again, I want your take. What do you think, you know, and, and not only what do you think he's going to do, but I'm curious, if I put out there 20 goals, would you go over or would you go under? Ooh. Ask me before these two preseason games and I would tell you over. Um, I don't know. I just 
I think he's expecting the guys around him. Uh, watching these two preseason games, I haven't seen Gressel pass him across a yet. You know, so um, I don't know. I, I really think he's getting frustrated of the other people around him. I really do think so. And I think you can tell in all the clips of him missing or him not getting the ball, he's putting his arms up. My mom's my mom's roasting him because every time he gets he doesn't get the ball, he, they, she calls him in pajarito because he's always flapping his his wings, right? So uh, it's pretty <laughs> funny. Like, yeah, yeah, be at my house when Suarez is playing. Jesus, uh, yeah. No, I think he's gonna have a good season. I just I don't know. I just haven't seen anything yet, and and it's kind of a little demoralizing. Uh, I want to go back earlier to what you were saying about the Uruguayans in the league, and it took me a second to realize you were talking about Suarez because I was like, wait. Uruguay and into Miami. I already forgot that like Suarez is Uruguay. You know, like for some weird reason, I think Uruguay and MLS. I think of you know like guys that you were naming off, and then I right. you totally said Suarez, and I was like, oh yeah, that's right. Suarez is Uruguay, of course. Um, but yeah, it's it's almost like a whole different aura, right? It's a whole different type of player, type of Uruguay coming into this league, and I don't know, I. Inter Miami is a weird one, man, because I don't, I did, I'm literally about to say start Campana. Like, I didn't see anything from Gressel or even Robert Taylor or anybody that was on the same page as him. And I think it's going to take time. But shoot, like, him and Messi have it down. You could tell that even, even um, David Ruiz was talking about they have it down 100% still. Um, but every other guy just seems on the different kind of page with Suarez. And, I, I think they should start two up top if they can, especially with Facundo Farias going down um, and start Campana because maybe you get Suarez to open up some things with assist. And I mean, I just, I don't know. They need some height at the front too, because those crosses are, are going all over the place. And I know it's preseason and I know, I know they're rusty, but shoot, Gressel needs to get that down for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and, and a lot of the fan base has talked and, you know, on Twitter, they're talking about, you know, maybe you drop Messi back into the midfield now that Farias is out and you start Campana and Suarez up top. So maybe, you know, Suarez can have somebody he can run off of. But right. Suarez isn't that forward anymore. He's not going to run off. And I and there was one specific play yesterday that, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. that, that you know, I, 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 and you, you know exactly what I'm talking about, but I think it was Gressel that actually, you know, tried to, you know, just just put him through. And yeah. Suarez was like, nah, bro, al pie, al pie. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and it's just, and I get it, man. And you can see also, like, Suarez, just like David Ruiz said, uh, you know, him and Messi are on the same page. It reminds me of, like, LeBron and, and Dwayne Wade when they played for, for the Miami Heat. You know, they right. could play with their eyes closed, and it was no issue. But I think Suarez has always worked it out at every team he's been in. You know, whether it be, you know, at, at Liverpool, um, at Ajax, at um, Barcelona – at right. Atletico de Madrid, he's always been able to be a great locker room guy and always able to help the younger guys and play with everybody. So I don't think he's going to have a problem. Um, I just think Tata needs to figure out what he's going to do with, with you know, the players he's got. Um, yeah. And they finally got the center back right, that right. they've been searching for, and that's, you know, Nicolas Freire, who who comes from playing in, in, in the, you know, in Europe, in the Champions League, um, and also he's playing at Pumas. Too. Huh? Yeah, he played at Torque in Uruguay, which I thought was kind of interesting. I was like, huh, that's a pretty – that was an older player at the time. Or actually, no, he was maybe 22. But still, I was like, oh, Torque, 2017, that's odd. Yeah, absolutely. So they get the center back, and now Farias goes down. And right. so does – you know, now folks are saying, you know, like David here is commenting, any word on, on, on Cristian Medina? 
Um, now Brian's commenting on, on, on Freire. He's saying he's garbage. The Puma fans hated him and they're happy he, he left. Look, I, I really don't know. Um, but you know, like David said, any word on, on Medina, all I know, and I don't know, you might know something a little bit more, but all I know is Inter Miami made two offers. One that wasn't good enough. The second one, you know, book, I might've looked at it, but they just don't want to let him go for anything less than 15 million. Inter Miami does, you know, for me, it would be stupid to make that kind of investment in a player that you're not going to be able to sell for more. Um, because who's 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 been sold for more than 20, 20 million in the MLS ever? Yeah. Almiron, right? Right. That's that's it, right? So and and maybe Almada. Almada maybe Almada. Almada. Yeah, so, no, I agree. It, it is a high transfer fee. Um, shoot. But if you're in Miami, why not? You know, like it, it, we're talking about a different team here. We're, I know, I know it's still an MLS team, and I know we're still hindered by the MLS rules. But if you have an ownership group that's willing to spend. That's a completely different type of team. I mean, no hate to the San Jose Earthquakes, but but I'm from the Bay Area and and I've and I've covered them with Atonic takes, you know. But they're not gonna go out there and spend money on guys that even make three million dollars. So that's the that's the whole ballpark. I think if you're in Miami, why not? Um, and this is I know nobody wants to see anybody injured, and I want to talk a little bit about Farias because that's kind of the whole reason why I was like, hey, you know, like let me say this. Um, yeah. was they can place him on the season end, ending injury list and they can add another young DP, which in a young DP, you can pay whatever you want to that player. You can, you can purchase him for whatever you want. And the cap hit is still 500 K. So nobody wants to see Fadias injured, but with the roster rules that you currently have in MLS inner Miami is able to add another good, good player. And then next year, you have to worry about it. But for now, you're able to actually kind of hoard talent and lure people with Messi being here. So I don't know. It's kind of like a silver lining, at least, because you get to add another player that other teams can't even dream about. And you're still in the roster regulations. So it, it's really something good for Inter Miami because you have this whole concoction that you're, that you're doing here. In my opinion, go spend that 15 million because when are you going to have this opportunity again? Okay, okay. So a different take than than me. I mean, I think yeah. more on the business side in terms of if you're going to pay something for somebody, you know, what are you going to get? But I understand 100% what you're saying, and I didn't know about that that uh, that you know rule that you could replace the the U22, yeah. put them on that. So I mean, even if it's maybe even a a, a a loan of a U22 where you need to pay something, it's possible they could do a loan of a one-year player or something until Fadias comes back. I mean, I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll see what, what they end up doing. But it really opens up a lot of interesting opportunities. Um, there, there, you know, there are a couple of names uh, that, that, I, that I'm going to throw out there. Uh, you know, there's a guy that's playing – actually, he was playing for Torque, and now he's playing on the U23 uh uruguayan uh pre-olympic team and his oh. name is Thiago palacios yeah um, he's actually argentinian born and uh nacional has been trying to go after him also Pengarol, um and he currently plays for torque but that's somebody that i would be interested in maybe uh you know somebody in the mls going after and i'm, I'm always a, a big uh you know supporter of bringing more uruguayans to the mls i know i get a lot of hate from that because i guess you know Folks don't think that MLS is a place where Uruguayans can get better at. They prefer to them to, you know, to go to Europe. But I think MLS is a fantastic landing spot for, for Uruguayans. Maybe not, not the ones with the highest potential, 
but definitely those that are, you know, at the middle, you know, middle grade or average, you know, average to above average at best. I think it's fantastic to have them here. It's a great league. They get paid well, um, you know, for, for, for what they're used to. And, um, and I just really hope we have more Uruguayans in the league uh, so that you and I can, uh, can cover them. Well, look, like we have to be realistic of what MLS teams could actually go for a guy who would probably ask for at least an $8 million transfer fee, right? That already right. cuts out like 75% of the teams. Let's be completely honest. So the reason why I'm saying Inter-Miami should just pay the money now is because they're in a weird situation where a young player DP is something you're already were invested in, right? It's something that you already did. So a team that might not do that, you know, a young player DP won't pay whatever they want for a guy like Palacios. So that's why I'm saying if you're in Miami, you better go use that season uh, season injury ending list because if you don't, you're just wasting an opportunity to grow your team. But you're right. I think LAFC could be in play. Uh, I think, uh, you know, NYCFC is always an interesting one. It's like, y'all, y'all have money, but you don't want to spend it. But then you're waiting for something. Your Talas Magno is your striker. Let's see how that works out again. No, it's just a weird one, right? So, um, that's one that can happen. Um, Houston, I don't think they have the money like that, but they would probably spend it on an aging superstar, not a young player. Um, the Galaxy, yeah, the Galaxy are kind of turning around. Seattle's a team that could possibly pay that type of money. Uh, but, yeah, I, again, I think Inter-Miami Inter -Miami should be sending about 60 emails right now to find a young player that they're willing to pay over $10 million, That's for sure. I, I know about 60 of them that uh... – that, that could be good enough. So if they want to give me a call, I'm willing to uh, to send them my list. You know, Maybe I, someone I, I watch it, like I say. Yeah. That's I mean, I, I watch a whole a whole lot of Uruguayan, Argentinian, yeah. Brazilian soccer. So I've got a list of like 100 players that I've watched that uh, that could make some sort of impact in MLS, you know, just for my personal, you know, knowledge yeah. and, and my file. So um, just, you know, me being a soccer nerd. But all right, so I want to get back really quickly before before I let you go on that Suarez talk because I know your mom will be really upset if I don't get you to give me an over-under on that. Uh, so oh, yeah. I said over 20 goals. That was me. Uh, you know, Nico made a big prediction on the show last year uh, about Joseph Martinez. He said over 15 goals, and he was way off. Yeah. Um, so I'm going over 20 on Suarez this year. Let, let, you know, what, what is Fabian Rankel going with? Shoot, I think he's going to get like 18, 17. I don't think he's going to get over 20. That's for sure. I think All right. because we're just talking about MLS play, right? Only MLS play? I mean, no, I'm, I'm talking about – I'm talking about – All seasons. All, oh, yeah, all, all, all games. All 50-plus games. Okay, yeah, I'll go over then. I'll go over. I think he scores against the CONCACAF champions teams that aren't Mexican, right, if they play any of those. Um, I think, he, yeah, if it's all competitions, I'll say over 20. If it's just MLS, I'll say 17 or 18 because it is tough to get over that 20 mark. All right. Awesome. Awesome. And then two more questions for you before I no. let you go. Uh, I know you, you're probably uh, hungry. You want to go uh, go have no, some dinner no, no. with family. But uh, so, you know, it was a question that, uh, that Socio had asked at the top of the hour. Um, and, and now, you know, I, I want to bring it back up. I didn't put it up on the screen, but it was. Uh, your opinion on where you think Inter Miami is going to end up in the table this year, and you know, in terms of their title aspirations, um, are they still favorites? Uh, you know, seeing how they played the first two playoff games. 
Yeah, look if they sorry the first two preseason games. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If they go out with Sofia Vergara every every uh, weekend and uh, go party, I don't think they're gonna do much. But that's, <laughs> that was a shock to me. I'm not gonna lie to you, man. Like that was the first time I've ever seen like Messi maybe not take it too seriously. And it's almost like you know when you have a friend as a coworker and then you yeah. become a worse employee because you got a friend as a coworker. I'm worried we we got that. You know, I'm worried that now it's gonna be a lot more fun than it was last year. And now because his buddy Suarez is here, and that's like his buddy, buddy. Like it's cool. like today at the whole Royal Caribbean, it, they were sitting next to each other and everything. Like, man, come on, sit next to Yedlin or something. Come on, dude. It's well, you do happening. know, no, you do know that that Messi invited uh, Suarez and his family on his honeymoon after he got married. So he got married in, in Rosario. Then they went on their honeymoon, and Suarez and and Sofia and their kids joined them. Yeah. Um, I mean that that's you know that's more than 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 friendship. That's family, yeah, um, yeah, and yeah. that's exactly why the Inter Miami fan base is lucky enough to see these two superstars end their career uh, together down here. So um, you know, do, yeah. like I said, you know, do you think? Um, you know, and you said no more Sofia Vergara outings. So, look, no, look you know, look. if we take those, if I get invited, um, I'm going to see Sofia Vergara. I'm sorry, like that article could wait, no problem. You know, so, <laughs> no, but I think they're gonna do well. I think once once they get that first goal in the preseason games, and shoot, is the all Nasir thing even happening now? Right, so that's another one, right? So, I think once they get that first goal, I think Suarez being frustrated. Not scoring in Dallas and not scoring in El Salvador is a good sign. He actually cares. So that means he cares. He wants to be on the same page as his teammates. So I think I think they're going to be in the final for the MLS Cup. I, I, I'll say that they'll get through the East. The East won't be easy. That's for sure. The East will not be easy. The way Columbus Crew just chopped up LAFC last year in the final was insane. And I expect them to be just as good, if not better. And then Cincinnati having the best – if they keep Barreal – if they keep Barrel, they're going to be the best defense in the league. Um, that's for sure. And I think that's going to be a tough opponent too. But I I think I, – I really think that they're just going to put all of the chips in the CONCACAF champions basket. So they might not get the supporter shield. So I think we're looking at CONCACAF Champions League being a priority, which is very possible because a lot of MLS teams have been there before, at least the final. Right. I think – they're going to have a good shot at League's Cup final. I think League's Cup is their tournament to lose. And then I think they have a good shot at MLS Cup. So I think they're going to be competing for three out of the four. I don't think they're going to get um, the Supporter Shield. And wait, hold up, three out of the five because there's still a U.S. Open Cup. I know everybody out there is saying, whoa, you, did, you say U.S. Open Cup. But again, I, I still think people – are thinking that no MLS players are going to play, but there's going to be MLS players Absolutely. in that tournament. Yeah, Absolutely. no it, It's going to be like how they do the FA Cup when, uh, yeah. you know the, you know when the Chelsea's play, you know the six division teams, and you know they'll the, they'll put the the backups in the first half, and then you know sparingly throughout throughout the second half they'll throw maybe a Suarez, a Messi, or you know somebody like that. So they will play, yeah. uh, but they're not going to play the full game at least at the beginning. Um, well, so I'm. Yeah, I'm my glad whole, you mentioned Lease Cup. Go, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, my whole thing's about the U.S. Open Cup. I haven't said this before here, but there's no rule about the player coming down to play. You can bring as many players down as you want as long as they're injured. 
So I saw, because I cover the Quakes here locally, I saw legends for the club play in MLS Next Pro because they were recovering fitness. Tata Martino could say, hey, Messi picked up a knock during training. We're going to run him in U.S. Open Cup final because he needs to get game time minutes, right? So I wouldn't worry too, too much. All of this is kind of logistics at the at the moment. The casual fan maybe won't be too interested in U.S. Open Cup because it won't be the name. You have to do a little more research and investigating for Correct. this one. Correct. But I do think you're still going to see Benjamin Kramaski run out in the quarters in the semifinals for Inter Miami in the U.S. Open Cup if they make it. Yeah, and I would—I don't think the fan base would be upset. He's definitely one of the fan favorites. Um, and and you mentioned League's Cup, you know, Inter Miami defending it. And I know I said I was going to ask you a question, but this has been—I've been dying to ask somebody about this, and I know you might have some knowledge on it. But Lizzie, uh, uh, Betarano tweeted out the other day that there's going to be some changes on League's Cup, and I'm curious to know if Fabian Renkel has. Any clues as to what those changes might be? Because she kind of left us all. I mean, that was that was a thirst trap right there. I mean, literally, <laughs> she was like, boom. And then we haven't heard anything. Complete silence. So does yeah. Fabian Rankel know anything? Shout out to Lizzie. She's awesome. I actually gave her a call to see if I could get anything. But no, I don't know anything. So we're all excited, even myself. Uh, Lizzie's a great reporter. She does a great job uh, for 90-Minute Football. But yeah, no, I don't know anything. So I'm excited for it too. I'm expecting this is if if I have no insider knowledge on this, but if I had to put money on betting, I think they may add teams not just from Mexico and the US. I think it might go to other teams, and I don't know what the other teams would be, but I would probably put my money on that. Um I, I think that would probably be the most beneficial rule change um, because a lot of people are excited. So who knows? Who knows? What if they say MLX next pro teams as well? And no, I doubt they'll do that. I'll doubt. If you're, yeah, you're not going to run I doubt out. It too. I doubt it too, but I'd be interested to see if maybe they bring in some teams from maybe South America or, or yeah. other things and, and see what they do. Now, if they do that, will folks continue to call it a farce tournament because it only takes place in the U.S.? Um, and, and that's an interesting thing because if now – it's a U.S. Mexico type of battle, but you bring in teams from other countries, right? And that you can't use that excuse anymore. So, all right, man, I, I don't want to take up any much more of your time. I want to ask you one last question because we've been doing this on every single one of these shows. I don't know if you've watched any of the last few, but I want to know: Is Fabian Renkel a Choripan <laughs> or a Mila Alpan kind of guy? Damn, dude, this is tough. This is tough. If if the video was on me, dude, I'm gonna be crying right now because I don't want to have to answer this. Um, I'm more of a choripan guy. Uh, that's me. That's I, I like choripan. It reminds me of home. It reminds me of of back when I was younger um, and when I go to Uruguay. So I, Milanesa doesn't really need a pan también. It doesn't really need a bread on it, in my opinion, because you get that from Devoto or Tienda Inglesa, and it's kind of a little a little past due, you know? So a choripan is always fresh. It's always fresh. I it's ready to I go. You. Absolutely, man. All right, man. So thank you so much, Fabian, for joining us. I appreciate it for coming yeah, on. You. Uh, we'll see if we can get you on during the season. If you're not too busy, uh, you know, maybe uh, maybe during Copa America or something. So something that's a little bit different yeah. than MLS. So something we can talk about uh, Uruguay or I don't know. We'll see. But uh, I'll hit you up and uh, and no, we'll uh, we'll be in contact, man. So thank you so much for for coming on. Uh, you can go ahead if you want to plug anything. Go ahead and uh, and go do uh, yeah. do your thing. I'm gonna plug this. If you're an Inter Miami fan, expect the most. All right. Don't think your your club is a cheap club because they've done it before. They can do it again. So uh, that's the truth. 
And, and that's the honest truth. Um, I'm excited to see MLS preseason games from other teams too. So that's going to be exciting. And uh, if you guys are out at Golchella, if you're on the West Coast, come say hi to me. I'll be out there. Awesome, man. All right, Fabian Rankel, thank you so much from SBI, from Tectonic Takes. Don't forget. And uh, everything else he does over on X, Twitter, Instagram, threads. He's all over the place doing everything for MLS and really anything soccer related. So thank you so much again. And uh, we'll see you later this year, man. Take care. Thank you, guys. All right. Bye. All right. So that was Fabian Rankel with us on This Is Football on this episode with not just Inter-Miami transfer news. We talked about Cincinnati. We talked about uh, the, the boys over there in black and gold for LAFC. We talked a little bit about the Galaxy. Uh, we got into a lot of Uruguayan players um, that, that are coming into the league, like Matias Cocaro, like uh, possibly a Matias Ares. So we got into the Inter-Miami talks, Luis Suarez. It was just an absolutely loaded show. I thank you all that tuned in with us throughout the entire 52 minutes. I was just going to try to go about 30, but uh, you know, when you have somebody like Fabian on, you got to get as much as you can out of him. He has so much information and uh, he is absolutely fantastic in everything he does. So like I said, at the top of the hour, if you don't go ahead and follow him on all his socials, go ahead and do that. Read all of his, uh, all of his, articles and definitely check out his footwork magazine it's absolutely fantastic stuff uh but that is all i am gonna have for you tonight i hope you guys enjoyed it for those of you that are following us here on youtube don't forget to subscribe hit the little bell so that you can be updated when we have any new shows like i said we're gonna be on here every tuesday 9 30 eastern Sorry, I was a little late today. Like I said, I was watching Nacional. I could not pass up watching a Super Clásico of Uruguay, even though it's preseason. But uh, again, we'll be back next Tuesday at 9.30 Eastern here with, I don't know yet who we're going to bring on. I know I promised you guys uh, an interview with a uh, an individual. I, I think I said a, a hairy-faced individual. Um, it is coming. It is coming. I promised it for last week. Couldn't get to it. Had some other stuff to get to at my other place of employment. But once again, I appreciate it. Like I said, follow all of our socials at TI Football Podcast. You can follow me at Danny Solana 5. I do a lot of stuff for Inter Miami, MLS, Uruguay, uh, Nacional over with the folks at Arriba Bolso. Also, some stuff with the folks over at Battered Heat Fans and the Battered Herons. Uh, you know, support Inter Miami, support, uh, support the Herons, support MLS, and. Um, like always, support Uruguay. Once again, for this football, Danny Solana, I'm out. See you guys next week.